My name is Jenny Bowden, and I believe that having the life of your dreams starts with doing things every single day that you're probably not very good at yet. I hope you come to this podcast daring to dream, daring to light your heart on fire, but also realizing that the end results of your efforts right now might be pitiful, might be so much less than you imagined they would be, and that that is okay. That is just the way it should be. Okay, I'm here with my sister, Beth. (laughs) Say hi, Beth. Hello. (laughs) Beth is my best friend. She is the best sister in the world, and we're coming to you from her bedroom. With a mountain of laundry. (laughs) Sitting beside a pile of laundry. Uh, We're going to talk to you about sex today. Ah, yeah. And you know what? It feels really right, because... (laughs) <laughs> our kids we've like put on the lion king mm-hmm. how many of the uh, we've got like four, four, four kids out there yeah. they're probably all gonna come barging in really soon yeah so this just kind of feels like i don't know in my mind when we planned this i was picturing us like candlelit in the evening some yeah beautiful snacks we were all looking good and then maybe we do like yoga after yeah. it's gonna be a whole evening whole event what a night hey but this is This is it. Like, just what a great place. That's (laughs) this is how it goes. That's how it goes. Yeah, (laughs) that's how life goes. That's how sex goes. That's just yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, we want to come at this like make sure that you know and we know that when we're talking about this topic about sex today, we're talking about sex within a marriage. That's our experience. That's the only experience we know of. Mm -hmm. And just for the, for the kids, like if you're 16 and listening to this, keep listening for sure. But also know. This is not R-rated. Yeah, it's not. But also (laughs) know that this is not advice for you and your high school boyfriend at all. This is like for the future in your life. Exactly. Okay. Beth had a really great story that she shared with me the other day that I think leads into this idea of just, like, why, even just why, why? for us it's important. Mm-hmm. Sex within a marriage is so valuable and important. Yes. Tell us about that. Um, yeah, so I just had a friend um, in school, and we weren't even super close, but she was just telling me one day, she's like, yeah, I have this boyfriend, and he had never had sex before, and she had, obviously, Anyway, so they had sex for the first time. They were dating. And afterwards, he was just like, wow. Like, I just feel like I want to tell you that I love you right now. And she was like, what? Don't tell me that. What the heck? She was like so freaked out. She thought it was ridiculous. And I was just sitting there. You know, that kind of makes sense to me. Like, (laughs) you're having sex. Like, this is, you're making love. Like, that's what that is. And so, for me, it just made sense. Like, we waited till we were married to have sex because we loved each other and it just, it, it just makes sense to me. Yeah. I think it's an interesting conversation nowadays when mm-hmm. so much of that talk about sex is removed from marriage yes. and it almost makes it seem like even removed from like having sex with a partner even, you know what I mean? Yes. It's like, so it almost makes it detached. seem like the two are incompatible. Like mm-hmm marriage and I was even having a conversation with someone about this the other day who was arguing that romantic love doesn't necessarily have to do with sex 
And I was like, excuse me, how so? Like the whole, the whole reason you differentiate between a romantic relationship and like my relationship with my six month old, for example, is because that intimacy, instead of just being intimacy is sexual intimacy, even if you're just like looking forward, you're dating someone, you're looking forward to something sexual in the far distant yeah. future that has to be a part of the relationship when whether that romance is sometimes like giving flowers there has to be like sexual undertones to yeah. any sort of even if it's very innocent at first right yeah I just think like it has to be a part of your relationship yeah in if you want a romantic relationship in yes, your marriage. And totally. It, so... It's very important. And yeah, so we just wanted to make sure we said that right off the bat so that our younger listeners knew how important that is to us and also that, like, Beth and I could not imagine being, like, some... We're going to talk today about some of the, I don't know, the issues and the concerns and just the emotional things surrounding sex yeah, for us. And challenges. I just can't even imagine being 16 and going trying to, to, trying to wade through all of that um so just like a I don't know do with that what you will yes but <laughs> just like I don't know anyways I mean yeah <laughs> so moving into this topic I think that one thing that is a danger when when we're talking about like sex in a marriage mm-hmm. is um is that for those of us who do aspire to that to like waiting Wait. for yes. marriage it becomes a big, do not do this, big no-no. Right. Right? Because it is something, especially in our day and age, if you're wanting to wait until marriage to have sex, that it does that doesn't come easily. It's yeah. not like a natural thing that just can happen. So you don't have chaperones that go around with you on your dates or yeah, whatever. It's like, not an it's, You have to try very hard not to have sex before you have married. Like before you get married. <laughs> yeah. Not that <laughs> I feel like people yeah. are trying to have sex with me all the time, but it's not no. it's not just like you don't go with the grain of normal social it's very it's an intentional decision for sure so then with that um Beth and I both found that and like I think talking to lots of friends there's just this danger of feeling very uncomfortable and very like Like you're all of a sudden objectifying yourself because now it's okay to have sex like the good girl syndrome kind of thing yeah yeah so I don't even know like I can tell a story for my Self, it will only embarrass me, but personally, I felt fairly comfortable, mm-hmm. or I thought I did, anyways. Like, and I remember though, if, I don't think it was the first night, might have been when we actually arrived. We had our honeymoon um, at a place called Benlam Falls, so it was like yep. our we our family cottage where we grew up and I wanted to take hands back there. So it had been like a couple nights by the time we got there. And I'm not kidding you. At some point I peed the bed, like just a little bit, but I woke up in the night and had like peed the bed. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on? This is so crazy. And I like cleaned it up really quick because I was so embarrassed. And like, Anyways, I remember talking to Hans about it the next day and being like, I just need to tell him because I'm so embarrassed about this. Yeah. Um, but I think that that is like a really big clue into just how that was such a big event in my life. Like yeah. whether or not I felt like psychologically, emotionally ready for that. Yeah. It's still just like if you research um, 
like, kids being taken away from their homes at any point or whatever, that's, like, a really common thing that can happen is bedwetting. It didn't happen for me beyond that night, luckily. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank goodness. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. It's a really big it's deal. It's a huge deal. And so I think we just need to be aware of that. And I think our... I don't know if this rings true for you, but our motive in having this conversation, doing this podcast, is just to encourage a bigger conversation around that. Yeah. Or an easier conversation. Easier, bigger conversation. Just like a more, less, I don't know, I think it's really taboo to talk about sometimes, or it's just like, we're not, yeah, we're not allowed to talk about it, but it's, it's totally fine. You could be nervous. And sometimes you don't even know if you're nervous. Like for me... I had no idea I was going to be as nervous as I was yeah. until we were there. And then it was like, yeah, we're just going to keep making out for like a really long time <laughs> because I didn't realize how scared I was and like how that affected me until I was in that moment. So sometimes you're just not even prepared for it and that's okay. Like you're going to, you'll figure it or out as case, you go. Or in my case, I didn't even know I felt nervous, but yet I just like, yeah, exactly. You had no idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> your body was like, oh, like, I'm really overwhelmed right now. Yes, maybe. Totally. <laughs> so... Yeah, like, it's been interesting talking. We just had a girls' weekend this, like, past weekend. We had a Mm -hmm. hiking trip in Waterton. It was amazing. So good. And we had some fun talking to some of the other girls about stuff like this. And one of the things that came up that I thought was really interesting, because a a lot of us were moms there, right? Mm -hmm. Most of us? Yeah. Well, Yeah, like, half and half. We were all married, but, yeah, mostly moms. Anyways, we started talking about boundaries with your kids because mm-hmm. we were like oh this like there's certain things in our lives that were really scary or really hard and how can we maybe do a do things a little differently with our kids to yeah. make just make them feel more natural totally. more comfortable with their bodies all of those things yeah and so yeah it was interesting to talk about and we don't really have any answers but just the questions around um like how to raise your children um, I think it got brought up that, like, just how naked you are com- are It's, it's like, okay to be just... naked in front of your kids. Like, how, at what point do you stop having showers? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, like, your toddler's allowed to come in with you. Yeah, and... or, like, changing in the change rooms at the swim pool. Like, at what point do you make your boys turn around or, like, whatever? Or, yeah, or lock the door and make sure they don't ever see you naked. Yeah. And just the feeling kind of was that that growing up, we didn't really have, like, a lot of images of, like, naked women or naked men in our heads. Like, normal ones. Normal ones. You have, like, like, pornographic ones. Not that we're, like, watching porn, but, like, just even in magazines you see a lot of lot of A lot of body and it's all, like photoshopped and hairless and oiled and like flawless looking and so the kind of general idea was that maybe it's okay for your kids to see what a real body looks like even if like your boys see your body like maybe that's okay for them to know this is what a body looks like and they're not gonna look at that like sexually ever but it's just like oh yeah that's like that's fine that's what a body looks like and that that's someone that they love their their mom and so they can forgive you for like every little, like, bit of cellulite or whatever, like, it's not, not like, ew, gross. Yeah. Or maybe they will almost at the beginning, like, I feel like you 
because they don't have this idea almost. Yeah, like an eight-year-old has a perfect body. Yeah, so they like, oh, what? Like, (laughs) why is your body like that? But it becomes more normal to them, I think. I don't know. Yeah. But we don't don't really have the answers. We're just saying, what? We're just asking the questions. It's just a question that we have, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. Something to mull over. (laughs) Yeah, something, something to think about. I don't know. I, like, for me, I for sure had no clue... What, like, I had a clue what a penis looked like, obviously. Like, I had baths with my brothers as young children. But, like, an adult penis, no clue. So, leading up to my wedding, me and my roommates were, like, Googling pictures of penises. And... Not in a gross way. Not in a gross way. Like, but at the same time, we're like, good-looking penises? Like, what is this? What is... What am I looking at right now? Because I didn't really have anything to go off, and that's super embarrassing, but, like... I just wanted to be a little bit more prepared than I was, maybe. Maybe that was bad. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> and I remember even hands, like, I don't I don't know if it would have been questions or just comments about, like, you could tell he was trying to get comfortable. Like, vaginas come with a whole lot oh. of weirdness, too. Like, it's not just penises, <laughs> yeah. right? Maybe even weirder. So totally. that part of our anatomy has got to be difficult for... Someone who's never seen that or experienced exactly. all of that to deal with. It's a lot. Yeah. It's just a lot. So, yeah. I mean, So I even know. just like, yeah. How you are perfectly prepared for that. I don't know if you can be, but yeah. But yeah, uh, again, like talking to your boys, I love hearing like friends that I have who are older about conversations that they have uh, with their boys about breastfeeding, about periods, like about, and just in a really natural way, but like letting your boys know, oh, I'm not feeling well because I'm on my period and this is what it is and whatever, just to kind of get those thoughts moving. It doesn't have to be a lot, I think, but like a little bit of exposure in your family where it's safe, where it's a safe place to feel those things and think about those things. Yeah, I think that's really valuable. I think that's good. Um, we also, we've been talking about this a lot over the past few weeks, just kind of planning of, like, what we would want to say. I know for me, one thing that's really been hard a little bit, especially at first, when we first got married. Hans and I are coming up on our 10-year anniversary this year. <laughs> it's like... Insane. Yeah. I feel like we should be better at all these things <laughs> right now, but... Come um, on. But yeah, I remember feeling really confused as to how to feel about, like, having sex after I get out of the shower or something. Or, in like, yeah. when you're just this dripping, like, gross, you or don't Not look. when you get out of the shower and you're, like, actually kind of gross. Like. <laughs> yeah, any of the times when you just don't feel... You're just like, I feel like I'm not a Victoria's Secret model right now. So yeah. I probably shouldn't be allowed to have sex. Right? Exactly. And then also... So... Even you're coming from a dating experience where sometimes you spend, like, upwards of two hours yeah. <laughs> curling each hair, uh, before you have making children. sure all the body hair is removed, yeah. even though no one's going to see it, but just, you just, just you to just feel, feel right. Like I look good. <laughs> yeah. And coming from that to, oh, I just had a baby, and mm-hmm. my uterus is still, we're like, like... I gained a couple pounds, and now I don't feel that attractive you know just coming from that and still feeling like yeah like it's okay for me to be in this very intimate it's better than okay with my husband. it's like totally good that's yeah. what you should be doing but still hard <laughs> but still, still hard, hard. To wrap your yeah yeah 
Like, I've talked to Beth about this loss. I have it lots. I haven't worn makeup in the past, like, four years. Mm -hmm. And part of that was because I always felt like I wanted to be wearing at least, like, mascara or something before things start to happen. Things got spicy. Exactly, because I just... Otherwise, it was really hard for me to get that out of my head that my body's okay right now. Like, I'm okay, Mm -hmm. and I can just enjoy this, and I can get into it. Yeah, totally. I don't know if you've ever seen the, um, you, we used to watch, um, Everybody Loves Raymond, and there's the one episode where Ray's, like, completely convinced that his wife's cheating on him with her fitness instructor, because all of a sudden, she's going to this fitness class, and then they're, like, having sex all the time, and she's, he's just like, you're cheating on me in your head, with this fitness instructor, he was like, totally believed it. And she was like, no, like, I just feel more confident because I'm working out. And because I'm more confident, I want to have sex more. Like, right. so she was just like, he couldn't understand that. But I think that's for a lot of women. Like, not that you have to, like, work out to become a Victoria's Secret model. It's just, like, finding that confidence without needing to actually look good. But sometimes that comes through... Yeah, actually think, doing those things. Like I think the advice in that is to look for health rather yes, than looking for, look for ways health. to cover up or enhance. Yes. Because when you're looking for health, it actually makes you feel good. It yeah, releases it, like, those endorphins. Like increases that libido. Like and that's a real thing. When you're not feeling good, that libido can actually yeah. drop. And so if finding that health and finding things to to boost that is that's not bad, but you don't have to think, I don't look good enough. So yeah. I can't Exactly. I think it was, like, Rachel Hollis' podcast where she said something about, like, you don't have to be running a marathon, like, at the point where you're running a marathon and you're super in shape to increase your sex drive. The sex drive gets increased, like, that first time you run. Exactly. Because of all the great things that happen for your body and your confidence. Yes. But she also said, you don't have to look like you're good at sex to be good at sex. Exactly. That's not, those things don't match. Like, that's not, they're not the same thing. So, you have to remember that. Yeah. So, yeah. Just like, mm, okay. So, (laughs) I want to talk about now the social pressures facing men and women. Mm, And, like, we're two women talking about this, but this is not just, like, on... The girl's side. The girl's side. Like, this is... I hope it... If you think you're having, like, a bad sex life and you think that's your fault only, it's not only your fault. Not that it's your husband's fault. You work together. It goes together. Like, it's just... It's... Yeah. Yeah, and maybe this is a good time to say that... um, I think it was... You were saying earlier when we were talking that there's this, like, common vernacular that sex is something that you have to be compatible in. Yes. Like, that yeah. it's just something that you, you find, and this is, like, part of when we talk about finding a spouse or finding a partner, too, like, oh, it's someone you have to find who's perfect for you. Yeah. It's your match. So, I had loads of, loads of friends in high school where their parents encouraged them to have sex with their boyfriends because they said, you need to make sure you're sexually compatible. And so, like, as I know lots of girls that are struggling in their first couple years of marriage, and they're like, well, this is, like, very suboptimal. This is not what I was expecting. So, like, I think there's that fear in those first couple years, or whether you've been married for a long time, 
that we're all wrong for each other. We're wrong for each other. We are not compatible. We're not sexually compatible. We're just going to be, like, not satisfied for the rest of our lives. And And that's just not real. And we don't hear that about very many other things, too. That's the weird part. it's just annoying. Like, when you look at a couple and you say, oh, they they might be bad with money. Like, I hope we're not, like, those judgmental people. But say you are. (laughs) And you're like, sometimes. oh, yeah, those people, they're bad with money. Yeah. You don't say, like, like, they're incompatible. Usually you blame it on both partners fairly equally because if one was truly good at money they would teach the other one pretty quickly pretty quickly if if sex isn't that awesome at first or like for a long time (laughs) then it's probably a problem with both people i think that's really important it's not unsolvable no it's like you can figure this out it's not just gonna be the rest of your life because i i think there's a learn a huge learning curve with when you're having sex. Some people, I think, figure it out faster, but if they're putting on this face that, like, our sex life is perfect, it's probably not real. Like... Oh, yeah. Right? So, you have to remember, like, I don't know, for me, it's... I felt, like, so isolated in this issue when I was first married that I was like, oh, man, like, this isn't that great. What... What am I missing? And we just... We were just learning, so we didn't know what we were doing, and it just felt like everybody else was like, oh, yeah, this is great, and... Okay, it's just it's just a me thing. And Never I just mind. listened to something. I couldn't talk to anyone about it. Oh, for sure. And I just listened to something um, by a sex therapist who was saying that, especially as women, the trap that we fall into often is to be really self-sacrificing mm-hmm. and really worried about our partner. So especially that would be a trap you fall into in the early years yeah. where you're really uh, worried about how you look, how you're coming off to your partner, um, which makes you really on top of things at first very unsustainable and also probably the most important downfall of that mindset is that if you're spending that much energy thinking about how you're being perceived you're gonna have very little energy for the actual enjoyment of like yeah in getting in a the appropriate space to enjoy that intimacy with your partner in your head right at that point like it's all you're just like you're just caught and so you're not actually getting into the event. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're like in this whole different place where yeah, you're worrying. where you're worrying. And yeah. it's just like not fun when you're doing that. No. So, I mean, So yeah. you're, you're, you're like failing miserably, but you don't know necessarily mm-hmm. because you're so worried about, yeah. I don't Everything know Everything else. Sense. Yes. I think that's just a really dangerous space that, that women sometimes fall into at first and that that might make it seem like they're like to um their partner that things are really great Great. Mm -hmm. and that they're really enthusiastic it's like oh i don't like sex i actually actually. (laughs) i actually give up i actually i'm i'm just done (laughs) which is not great either so yeah um you had a funny example of like a Facebook group that you saw. Yes. Okay, so I've never actually been on it. I know a lot of people actually like it. It's called, like, Healthy, Happy Sexuality or something. And um, I heard about it from our other sister. And she's, there's a, like, there's a women's one and then there's a man's one. So she's obviously, she's on the, the, the one for the girls. And her and her husband are sitting there next to each other reading these, like, posts. And it's just hilarious because hers were all, like... 
my husband just doesn't give me enough attention and then he just like wants to have sex with me and I just don't like it and blah 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 just like really complaining and about their husbands about their sex lives just about all of it being sucky and not great and then there's like the guy's side and they're all like yeah my woman my uh my wife just shows up at the office in like a jacket with nothing underneath and I just like love having sex and she can't get away from me and like whatever like she just always wants to have sex and it's just like ridiculous because that's just kind of how it is but I think there's this pressure on guys like there's pressure different pressures I think there's this pressure on guys where it's like you have to put this face for that your wife is just like love sex yeah and like or else you're not a man like I don't know just right that that riff if there are some like learning curves or some which like, there challenges or anything that's not which like honestly I think we've already flawless. said this but that if that is not the case well it is the case and if you're acting like that's yeah. not the case then it's just Yes. Like, not good. Mm-hmm. It's not healthy. So I think You're not doing yourself any favors. But I think that's hard because guys feel like they can't talk to their guys' friends about it in... In, in a like, real way. In a real, like, genuine way because if they are, then it's... It's just embarrassing, right? Mm-hmm. And then for girls, I find either it's, like, it's okay to complain about sex in a way that it's like, oh, like, it's not great or I have to, like keep fend my husband off of me or whatever or they also sometimes pretend like it's just great yeah like it's hard to be I find it's really hard to have conversations where people are being really honest about um their sex life because it's I mean it's personal it's like vulnerable and you and you you don't want to overshare but I think it's a dangerous territory to be like that because you can find so much comfort in talking to your friends about where you're actually at and I think you'll find if you do talk to your friends about it, you'll be like, oh, like, this is normal. This is normal for you to be going through this. And maybe they have some ideas for me. Like, you don't have to get so personal. But I think if you try and be a little bit more honest with those people that you you trust and you actually value their opinions, you're going to, I think you'll be surprised by, you know, they've been they've been there or they're there or you know yeah you can, or they're going to be there next yeah, year exactly so, and it's so all, it's just it, like I don't know it's really scary when you're first married I know a lot of people I just feel like it's scary when you can't talk to anybody about it because you're trying to communicate to your husband but they can't fully understand because they like they do understand but it's um it's hard to explain things to them they don't have vagina like well you were even saying talking to your other friend the other day and she was asking what was the question she was just asking how do I explain to my husband what I want basically and I was like so are you scared to do it kindly like how are you scared to critique him or do you actually not know how to form those words because you do not know what you want she was like that one and it's so true it's it's like the line bleeding the line blind (laughs) oh my gosh the blind bleeding the blind Because sometimes you don't know what you want, and how can you explain that? It's just, it's impossible. And that's where, like, it just ties in so perfectly with the theme of this podcast, which is, like, being okay with failure, being okay with just, like, trying and trying again. Yes. Um, Because I think that's where it's so important, like, I don't know, the number one thing we found when we don't have this, it's like... (laughs) 
crash and burn yeah. very quickly is to just have a sense of humor about the whole thing, yes. right? To be like, it's okay if we do try something and we thought it was going to be good and then we're like, ah, actually. That was really not good. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. But you have to because that's going to happen sometimes and you're not going to get anywhere unless you try. Yeah. So, try it out. So if you can both <laughs> laugh about that. Yes. Or both like, especially know ahead of time that it's safe to. Yes. To try those things and fail. To being in this kind of relationship, like being married, because you're safe. You can be vulnerable. You like, you're with someone that loves you, and so you know you can kind of, you can kind of do that kind of stuff, and it's going to be okay. Yeah, and when we when we act like it's not, we do the whole institution of marriage a total disservice, right? That's just and sex too. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, we're getting right to it exactly it will be better if you can just laugh about it and yeah and just and try again and try again and just have that patience because you're gonna figure out and it is work which sounds not sexy at all but like sex is work but if you put in the time it will be worth it (laughs) it's one of those things that like it's worth putting like I was just telling our sister Leah we mentioned the podcast already she's going to have a baby this summer yeah and I was like make sure you get like one or two or three massages with like using all the pressure points to induce labor because then if it doesn't work you've done something awesome yeah like so really exactly that's yeah and and that I think that's important to mention too that um we really need to have like positive self-talk about sex too. Sometimes I get in groups of women and it's not like they're being like over like overtly critical about their husbands or anything no. like that, but just the conversation itself can stray to kind of ne- very negative about very sex. Negative. Yes. Um just in in a variety of ways. And so and I, I get that because sometimes you can you can get to this point where you're a little bit frustrated with where things are going. And that's yeah. okay. But it's not okay to like turn on each other. <laughs> I mean? Well, yeah, we need to support each other. And like you said, we need to be willing to have those real conversations. Yes. They're a lot harder. They're a lot more vulnerable than the just little side yeah, comments so about... just like staying on the surface and being negative or staying on the surface and being totally fake about where you're at. Yeah. Like... Being willing to say, oh, I have this real problem. Yeah. And it was fine before and now this has happened right. and... Or... Yeah. This, this is one thing that's never worked and how do I... Whatever, because we all have those things. Yeah. And I think it's important. Totally, it's important. Do we cover all of our things? Is there anything more? I feel like we covered a lot of things. Probably not everything about sex, because we're for sure not experts at all. Yeah, mostly more questions than answers. (laughs) But I think that's valuable too. So anyways, we'll, we'll leave that here for today. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah, thanks for having me. At this point, you are probably so filled with new ideas and new insights, and you just need to talk to another person about how it's all going to go down in your life. Visit me on Instagram. I'm Jenny Bowden there as well, and I'm always happy to answer any direct messages. But while you're there, make sure you throw up a screenshot on your stories or something that'll connect your community to this podcast so that you'll always have someone to chat with about an episode that you love. Oh my goodness. The Aiming for Done run is only two days away. 
I hope you guys are excited as I am, maybe a little nervous too. That's all wonderful. Make sure you show up by 9 o'clock this Saturday. That's June the 22nd. Uh, bring your flower crown. Uh, there's uh, On my Instagram page, there's a tutorial that I posted in the bio of how to make your own flower crown. You can buy one. You can literally stick some leaves on your head whatever you want, but you're going to want something for the pictures because it's going to look awesome. Um, also, if you have a second, the greatest gift that you could give to me right now is to go on to iTunes or whatever podcasting app you use and write up a little review. Maybe the review says, Jen's really awkward when she talks about sex, but I appreciate that she's trying. Whatever you want to say, I'm here for it. I want to hear what you have to say, your real genuine thoughts about this podcast, um, go a long way to helping other people when they're looking for it, knowing like what the heck to expect. And also to me to know what, um, what you want to hear about, what I, you like, whatever. So take a second. It would honestly make my day. Mm-hmm.